It's November 10th, 2016, and a couple days ago, Donald Trump was elected as the President of the United States. And I've been struggling with figuring out what to do about the fear that I feel for, for myself as a queer person and for my friends and partners who are queer and people of color and marginalized in other ways. And making video games and playing video games and talking about video games feels so, so irrelevant right now. So I'm just sitting here with an old-fashioned cocktail and thinking aloud about what to do. This is Ludus Novus, episode 26, Reflection. Life's a foolish game, do you ever feel the same? Well, maybe we could change, turn the ship another way. Feel it in the darkness, we're sailing right into those jagged cliffs, yeah. Some say we've always been insane, hey, life's a foolish game. So... Austin Walker, who's a really intelligent games journalist, who's recently in charge of a, of a new site called Waypoint for Vice, did an article on the purpose of the site and his views of the election and the validation that it's given to hateful people. And he says something very powerful about games and his perspective on them. I believe firmly that the way to encourage inclusivity, compassion, and equality is by shining a light on the ways that the world is already diverse, and on the people who struggle in order to make it better. Whether you're reading this as a game maker, a journalist, or a player and a fan, we can all contribute in that cause. Those of us here at Waypoint cover games in this way not because we just love and understand them, but also because we believe that games are both a reflection of and a participator in human culture. Playing is as old as people are, and games offer us ways to laugh, think, collaborate, escape, and even to give ourselves to despondency and failure when appropriate. Sometimes the wide range of these experiences is lost in the ongoing cycle of news and product hype. The games industry, like many parts of the wider world, can feel heartless or machinic, both inhuman and inhumane. But games are not only the industry, they are the people who make them and who play them too. That heartlessness and inhumanity of games really hits home for me because Gamergate is maybe when I first became aware of this this alt-right movement, this this group of very angry and very uncaring people who hound folks who are different or folks who are vulnerable and seem to have as their primary goal to silence voices and silence perspectives that aren't compatible with their own 
their own personal history. And with this election, it feels like they and people in wider society who, are, who share similar ways of thinking about people have been emboldened. Um, I've I've not been looking after myself as much as I otherwise could have and have been reading Twitter and seeing report after report of hate speech of spray paint and kids chanting about walls in schools and so on. And these are all isolated incidents. And it's pretty likely that more than half of America doesn't hold these views. That the people that hold these views are a small fraction of those people who voted for Trump. And that most people who voted for Trump had reasons that came from their own desire for their own joy and that those reasons in their minds outweighed the callousness and the lack of compassion that Trump demonstrates every time he speaks. But it strikes me that one of the reasons why we saw this crop up in Gamergate, why that became such a such a prominent example of, of these people who essentially co-opted social justice tactics for themselves, uh, formed, the, formed an identity for themselves that was an identity under threat. That idea of, of, of forming yourself as a group, needing to take political action, because this, this speech that Gamergate was performing was political speech, and using their words instead of merely enforcing a status quo to proactively do so, out, coming from a place of vulnerability and coming from a place of anger. That happened because games force you to examine other people's perspectives. There's a, a neurological phenomenon. There's, there's a thing called a mirror neuron or a mirror system, which is that when, when humans or, or indeed lots of animals, um, birds, other mammals, when they observe another member of their species doing something, the same neurons trigger as if they were doing it themselves. There are these shared systems where when we see someone picking up a cup of tea, our brain fires as if we are picking up that cup of tea, and a different portion of our brain fires depending on whether we think they're going to drink from it or whether they're going to clear that cup off the table. So we have this inherent neurological empathy that goes beyond reading social cues, because even even people that are on the autistic spectrum, who usually the primary differentiating factor to talk about those people is that they don't pick up on social cues, and we, we sort of shorthand that and say that's because they have trouble with empathy. But even they demonstrate this mirror response. We all see another person do a thing, and it makes our brain react as if we are also doing that thing. So in, empathy is inherently built into our minds. And video games and games in general add on to that by encouraging us to embody a persona. So when you play Gone Home, which is a game that, that received a lot of flack from Gamergate and people with, with similar ways of, of speaking and, and dealing with games as, as Gamergate, you are embodying the role of this college-age woman who is returning to her home and processing these artifacts that she's finding of her parents and of her queer sister and 
you cannot play Gone Home in a way even close to how it was designed to enable you playing it and not identify with this character. The experience of Gone Home is one that is built around being this person, not being some investigator, some outsider coming in, but so much of it is built around being a member of this family who is encountering an unfamiliar circumstance around her family. And that's the the case in, in lots of games. I mean, uh, Duke Nukem makes you identify with this action movie character who's brash and rude and and uh, rather Trump-esque in a lot of ways, although perhaps better at getting things done. But that identification, that capacity for games to encourage you to embody a person and understand their perspective is really powerful. And that's that's something that art generally helps us do and encourages us to do, is to expand our perspectives, to see other people, to see other ways of thinking, to expand beyond our echo chamber of friends that all see things the same way. And so something that we can do with games is expand people's minds expand people's consciousness enable them to empathize with people that they have not had an opportunity to empathize with there's an embarrassing story when i was in probably when i was in college i was dating one of my current partners melissa who is black and i was telling them how after i played grand theft auto san andreas uh, which is a game about uh, uh, an inner city black kid coming home and getting involved in gang stuff and in police brutality and and all that that i understood that experience more than i had before that i'd never really gotten it until i played that game and melissa understandably uh, rolled their eyes at that statement and compared it to how people would watch the dave Chappelle show which was big at the time and think that they then understood some of the racial issues that were explored in the in the humor in that show and therefore kind of have permission to repeat some of the more more racial humor and in the case of these people that 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 we were discussing they were not woke enough to be repeating those jokes they did not get what was behind them and what the pain was behind them and and why they were funny and why the way in which they were finding entertainment in them was one that was not in line with Chappelle's pain and what Chappelle was trying to say with those pieces. Not that not that Chappelle is a universally uh, laudable speaker on all these topics, but that hit me pretty strongly. And is, is one of my, oh shit, I am a white person that's unequipped by my history to be able to process these things in the same way as someone who's who's lived through racism. But the fact that I had that experience, that even to a minimal and, and, and surface level extent, came out of playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which is not the most socially aware game, going, oh, no, I can better empathize with why someone would be a street criminal coming out of a situation like that 
that's powerful. If if a game that handles things as clumsily as Grand Theft Auto San Andreas can provoke that response, think about a game that's really well crafted, a game that is considerate and has at its core this this compassion. I don't generally have to worry about being hassled on the street. I'm genderqueer. I wear nail polish and facial hair and skirts and makeup. And so I do present in a way which potentially exposes me to abuse. And I certainly think about what my plan for escape is every time I go into a public bathroom. But it's not really a, a, a big part of my life. I've, I've not been physically assaulted for how I present myself. I have not since since high school been publicly mocked for how I looked or what someone thought about my orientation or identity. And I'm more afraid now that my privilege is running out, that that the fact that I am white and male passing is not going to be enough to protect me anymore. And so I'm thinking more directly about what I will do if I am confronted violently. It's not that the world has changed, because the, the same the same bigotry that existed a few weeks ago is what enabled certain people to be more out about it now. They were just as bigoted weeks ago. But now it seems like it may just be the fervor of victory in the election and, and enthusiasm there, and it may fade soon, and I hope it will. But it seems that right now people feel emboldened. People feel like they've been given permission to act violently and abusively against people. And so I'm thinking about what I would do. And I, I understand the urge to violence from oppressed people. And I have complicated thoughts about that. I, I certainly think that in the appropriate circumstances, it is the right thing to do. That violent resistance is absolutely necessary in some circumstances. I just don't know where that line is. And I never feel like I am experiencing that line. So what do I do? What do I, what do I do if someone is threatening me? Do I fight back? Only if that seems like the only way. I can cry for help, I can do do a lot of things, but one thing that, that is talked about in Marshall Rosenberg's books on nonviolent communication is being in a threatening situation and telling the other person how it is making you feel. And the thought of being face-to-face -face with someone who is actively threatening harm against me and telling them that they are scaring me is terrifying. And I don't know what effect that would have. I don't know if they would be so intoxicated by the power that they're exerting that that would encourage them, that would drive them to, to be more violent, or whether they would stop and realize that I was a human being and that I didn't want to be hit any more than they didn't want to be hit. I don't know which is more likely. But I want to think that their empathy would win out. I want to think that when I demonstrated my fear and my worries, that their 
neurology would react and that they would feel that themselves and that that fear wouldn't make them strike out to defend themselves but would make them act to defend me would make them treat me as a person and i think that one of the things that we can do as people in video games is provoke that response we can create works of brilliant and staggering and moving art that force people to embody marginalized folk force people to embody people who are scared because of oppression and help them understand that i've thought a lot about the show jessica jones lately which portrays an abusive partner in the form of Kilgrave with such exaggerated precision that I don't know that anyone who has seen the show can hear someone tell someone else to smile without thinking of that dastardly, horrible villain, Kilgrave. And I want to provide that sort of experience with my work. I want to give people touchstones, ways to interpret the world around them that will drive them towards empathy and care and understanding. Because what we're dealing with here is a narrative. It is a story that has been told to people that makes them act a certain way, makes them think that they're fulfilling some storyline, that if they act the way this story tells them to, that they will get the ending, the reward that they want. And we have the power to give them a different narrative. We have a power to shift that, to make them go, oh no, I'm not the hero here. If I keep acting like this, I am the villain. And we need to tell those stories. We need to keep telling those stories. We need to tell them in a way where the people who play them play them for the fun and the challenge and the expansion of their mind and along the way have their heart expanded too and i hope that will help i hope that's a way to improve this scary situation i hope there's some way for us to carry on and come out the other side without losing too much of ourselves and of our loved ones this has been Ludus Novus. Ludus Novus is supported in part by my patrons. If you'd like to help, you can sign up and give me some money at patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir. The money you pay is by work, so I only get money from my patrons when I release an episode or when I do a particularly large piece on a game. So you don't have to worry about the large gaps that show up between episodes. The theme music is A Foolish Game by Snowflake, Admiral Bob, and SackJo22, available on CC Mixter. Thank you for listening tonight. Talking to you helped, and I hope that you got something out of it, too. Goodbye. Life's a foolish game. Do you ever feel the same? Well, maybe we can change and turn the ship another way. Take less than we've been given if we move in that direction. 